Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow boxer, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the sports drama sequel film, Creed 3. This is a screenplay by Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, uh, with some story elements by Ryan Kugler and directed in his directorial debut by Michael B. Jordan, star of the Creed films. So uh, we've had the first two Creed films, and actually for me, I was a novice to this, I've always been interested in them, but I've actually only seen the first Rocky film. Uh, Taylor showed me that a while ago. I know, shocker. Last um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's not hard to know what happens in the Rocky films. I feel like yeah. I've seen enough footage through. It's just part of pop culture now. Mm-hmm. But this uh, continuing kind of how we've seen a lot of movies do this. The continuation story of a younger generation set in the Rocky verse, if you will. And Michael B. Jordan really has made a name for himself as a big Hollywood star. Uh, I would say really his top two roles at this point have been, of course, Killmonger and the MCU and these Creed films. Uh, the first two really setting place within the Rockyverse, Rocky characters, obviously Sylvester Stallone. He did not come back for the third film. We'll talk about that in, this, in a minute here. Uh, but uh, making this feel like a much bigger film in terms of a personal story for Adonis Creed where he is at his point in life. Um, We're not going to do spoilers for Creed 3, but technically some stuff we'll talk about counts as spoilers for Creed and Creed 2 if you've not seen those films. So take that with a grain of salt. But Taylor, what is the synopsis of Creed 3? So Adonis Creed still dominating the boxing world. He's got a thriving career, family wife. Uh, he's got a thriving career, family life. Uh, his wife Bianca, who's um, become more of a producer, and then they both have a daughter who's grown up. Um, but due to Bianca's uh, condition, um, their daughter is deaf. 
so they learn to communicate through sign, which I think was a really great little addition um, to the film uh, for representation. Uh, but when a childhood friend, Damien, in former boxing prodigy, resurfaces after serving time in prison, you know, he's eager to prove himself, and Adonis has to kind of grapple with a part of his past that he kept buried as this kind of really comes to head in this uh, third of the trilogy. So yeah, I was really eager for Chris to to watch these films. And the great thing about the Creed trilogy is, yes, if you've seen the Rocky films, this is going to be more impactful, but they do, I would say, um, even from Chris, only seeing the first one, you would agree that they do have legs. I think they stand pretty well on their own, that you don't need that much prior knowledge to those. Yeah, I would say they give you enough information of the past. I mean, the, the basis that this is... Uh, Apollo Creed's son and Carl Weathers role who I mean he played that in what four movies three four four movies yep. I think that was such a big you know iconic part of the Rocky series where it was really that constant enemy for Rocky that became pseudo friend you know obviously rivalry yep. and now frenemy. this yeah frenemy great great term there this continued story where you know Michael B. Jordan's character is someone that's not really got his life together. And then he goes to Rocky to get trained. And there's a hesitant, of course, because of what happened to his dad. His dad died in a boxing match. And that played a huge part to Creed 2, where obviously Drago's come in and he has to fight his son. And so I think there was a lot of great way to, to continue the story. This film, for me stood out because it is a much more personal story for just Creed. And I think in a way it needed that it needed to not have the Rocky element in that. Yes, this is still in the Rocky verse. We still have characters from the Rocky mm -hmm. verse. I mean, obviously Drago's son is still in this uh, film as kind of a, now, now they've had their, their bouts years have passed. It's like a, a common respect for each other of, okay, you got me last time, but now I'm going to get you this time, you know, and that plays into the story. <laughs> Yeah, but this character that Jonathan Majors plays of Damien, or as they call him Dame from time to time, I mean, it, it just shows you after you know we just saw him as Kang, and he clearly has a great way to show. He has this way, this ability to kind of suck you in with kind of a charm, and yeah. and then turn on you in the best way, and, and it's. It's a it's a charm and vulnerability yes. almost as you can yeah, a little bit of both that you really feel for this character like it, it does suck you in you want to know like what's what's this person's doing yeah you definitely feel for this character because he's been in prison now for like eighteen years and he's kept himself in shape and that entire time he he knows that he was meant to be a boxing legend he was on the right track and then when one bad incident happens he goes to jail. Creed doesn't and look what happened to Creed. So when he, you know, at this point too, comparatively to the first two films, Creed's very wealthy. He's got this huge, gorgeous mansion up in the Hollywood Hills. He you know, obviously Bianca's doing very well. Not not as much as a singer anymore. She's now more of a producer of music. So they have a whole recording studio unit in their house. I mean, their daughter is now about nine. So it's like they have life's life's good. Dame sees this and he's very jealous and he wants this. And I love that they really, they took their time with setting up 
that Dame is trying to get revenge in a way, or just he's trying to find a way to really get into the cracks and and finding a way to become the the boxing champ that he wants to be. Now, there's a few things in terms of like timeline and like speeding up or just things you have to kind of go, okay, that probably wouldn't really happen, but we have to kind of get to the point of these two icons going against each other. You have to kind of go with, okay, I guess, you know, there's one key moment of this film where a certain character is somehow got into a very exclusive party and damages another boxer, allowing a certain boxer to become now, you know, there's things like that where it's like, don't know if realistically that would have happened. Yeah. But I get that they're they're building the blocks to these two having to go head to head. And yeah, Jonathan Majors, he just he's so great in this film. I think he's such a talent. And he him and Michael B. Jordan have kind of now really got this bond going on and they've been talking to each other like they're very they got that brotherly love going on they want to do as many films together as like De Niro and you know uh Pacino kind of thing they want to just be a tag team I think it'd be fun to like I think in the next film not in the Creed series but together I, I would love to see Michael now be the villain and see uh Jonathan be more of the hero um, I still want to watch Devotion because you know we've seen him all these villain roles. I want to see him uh, as a hero, but um, yeah, yeah. I think another element that really worked for this film is because this is Michael's first film as a director. He's a huge fan of anime himself, and I think that was, you know, obviously put into the filming of the fight scenes. As compared to the first two films in the Creed series, Michael B. Jordan used a lot of cool slow-mo shots and like up close shots and added a little bit of a fantasy element in some of the fights that I think really heightened the entertainment value. Like it was cool to watch some of these fights because he was making it a little more epic scale with the way it was shot. Yeah. Kind of very similar to like we, we talked about, you know, his inspiration for anime, but also the bit of that video game element. You see a lot of these, uh, scenes in video yeah. games where it's like if it's a, like a fighting game or something you just see like these epic slow-mo shots of the you know the punch and the it's all that so i thought mm -hmm. especially when you have okay this is the third in the creed trilogy if they're going to make more who knows but then if you think of all the rockies plus that that's um nine films in this whole rocky verse so you have to come up with new things to keep it fresh. So I think that was definitely, you're right, stood out to me. It's like, oh, this is definitely a different, you know, boxing film. And and I think, again, Rocky kind of set the standard for what a good, you know, sports drama is or, you know, real boxing, you know, in general. But yeah, that was some really epic scenes. There's a, there's a great fight scene where um, to kind of emphasize that it's this, this really a one-on-one -on -one bout, both mentally and physically between these two at one point considered family brothers to now mortal enemies. And it's a great scene where it's just them mm -hmm. and you don't see anyone else. And I thought that was a really cool shot because it really heightened and focused on just the fight where you're not distracted by, you know, all the bells and whistles literally, you know, around you. So that, that was a really, really cool scene that made you really like, Oh wow. This is like, it made you, made you really pay attention. Yeah. And it just, they, they just made it epic and it, it made it exciting because I think these films and other sports films can get a little 
repetitive if they don't heighten the stakes. And I think with this one, really making that personal journey and Jonathan Majors is really playing a great villain. And again, the, a lot of this is family. You know, we still have Tessa Thompson is excellent and this is Bianca. And you still have, you know, Felicia Rashad as, as his mom. Um, and I loved uh, Mila Davis-Kent as their daughter, who is deaf. So we saw a lot more of the sign language element. And even even the way that Dame comes in to meet the family and is very, like, respective of the family and the way he, like, it's just, it's like that, it's like Iago from Othello. There's something about him that just, you know, you, you like him even though you're like, at any point he's going to turn and, and it's just, ugh. and I can't wait to see what they do next because clearly this movie is already done very well at the box office. And Michael B. Jordan has confirmed that we will have a creed for impossible spinoffs. Uh, I hope Jonathan Majors does come back. I think, you know, it'd be fun to see what, where his character goes next because he was so good in this film. Now, I did mention earlier with the two, the first two Creed films, we do have uh, Sylvester Stallone in there as Rocky. And I got to say, even if I've only seen the first Rocky film, I think some of his best acting is in that first film. And it continues in the second film. But they even did a thing where at the end of Creed 2, it was kind of like, you know, all right, man, it's your time now. It's not mine passing the torch. So realistically, Rocky would only be used as kind of a another coaching, I guess, you know, tool in the future. There's a lot of drama between him and producer Erwin Winkler, who actually owns the rights to the character of Rocky, even though it's Sylvester Stallone's creation, the way the rights worked out years and years ago. So with the kind of darker story that Creed was going on, he didn't really like the script, and so he, he bowed out from being in the third film. But he has said that he would definitely be down to do Creed four if Erwin Winkler was not involved. So. Yeah. Don't know how that's going to work, you know, if he's been like a main producer for these films for a while. We'll see. There was one scene where I kind of feel Stallone could have been used, you know, kind of the the peak down moment for Creed before he kind of rises. And we get our awesome, you know, workout montage and all that, which is, again, really great in this film. <laughs> but I was kind of OK with him not being in the film just for, again, being Creed's own story. Yeah. Um. But I can see them doing Creed Four with him. It's you know as long as the character makes sense because it's great to see Stallone in these films. I think I know he's he's much older now, but after we watched Tulsa King, he still has some fight in him. It'd be kind of cool to see a scene where Rocky has to fight one more time, not as a boxing match, but maybe he gets in a big brawl and Creed comes in and you yeah. know knocks some heads around or something. I don't know. And Rocky's deep within <laughs> yeah. the mob and Creed has to save him. You know, who, who knows? Yeah. Um, but I agree. It was not having you in there. We definitely had more of the focus um, on our, you know, main care, our title character, but you know, overall really enjoyed it. I would have liked a little bit more with, you know, Tessa Thompson's character, Bianca. I, don't, I feel like she was, her presence kind of was missing at certain parts of this movie where we could add more, but I do like the idea of, you know, with Michael B. Jordan's Creed having more of that father role and like the responsibility of, you know, the tone you're setting for, you know, your kids and whatnot of, you know, how to, when to fight, when not mm -hmm. to fight. So, but overall, I was really, really happy with this film. Um, it's a nice addition to not the Rocky verse, but the Creed trilogy. 
I'm going to give this film a solid eight out of 10. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I thought uh, they raised the stakes. Jonathan Major was awesome. And I loved how they filmed the fight scenes. Made it a little bit more fantasy, like kind of Dragon Ball Z uh, anime inspiration. So for me, I think Creed 3 was the best of the bunch, uh, even with Stallone missing. I'm going to give an 8.5 out of 10. But you can go and watch Creed 3 now in theaters. And this was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.